everyone. Welcome to another episode of this particular album is very, very important to me. I'm Joel Spence. And I'm Deborah Tarika. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them. And here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. <sighs> what a turn of phrase. It's so good. Hi, yeah. Joel. Hi, Deb. Bruh. <laughs> How are you? Good. Listeners, this is one of the rare moments where I actually have something to say in small talk. How often have we done two episodes in two consecutive days? I think it's happened once before. I think we've done multiple episodes in one day, but maybe not okay. two in two days. Yeah. Well. <laughs> this is more coming up today. <laughs> Uh, let me see which one can I bring up quicker. So this is this particular song is very important to me. So this is going all the way back to 2007. Oh, you're really? Is you, I think you, didn't you say it was 2006? Oh, going all the way back to 2006 or seven. <laughs> this is the Shins. Good. Shins. Phantom Limb. Limb. Phantom Limb. I love this song. I like those shins. Yeah. Now, I I love the shins. Oh, we talked about, uh, what's that? Garden State. Oh, Garden, Garden State, State yeah. where he ruined the shins for yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I, I wasn't even here for yesterday's episode, but I, I know that yeah, that's you, what you, the theme You was. fit right in. Oh, yeah. Um, but that song, of course, uh, what's it called? New, new Strain? New Slang. New Slang. Um, <laughs> I made it about weed. New Strain, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Is is great. It, the movie did not... It, that move that song outlived that movie for sure. That was my gateway into the Shins. But then their next like album after that that was really big was this album, and I immediately bought it. And this was the single. See, it was the people that knew the Shins before the movie that were very angry oh, about I'm the sure. movie. Like I lived yeah. with a man who was just like tortured by yeah. the Garden yeah. State because it, yeah. it, it 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 was such a specific movie and such a specific use of it because yeah. it, it, it was my intro yeah into it. But I can see if you owned them before mm -hmm. it's like a you were robbed of you them. grow yeah. out of that in your 40s that's the good news for all of your listeners like nobody <laughs> fucking cares anymore but yeah real um, passion for it before the 40s <laughs> you're absolutely right yes I love the lyrics anyway. Uh, I didn't know what was going on, but it felt like once I found this quote from James Mercer, who wrote the song, and it's basically the main force behind the shins. He, he described the song as a hypothetical fictional account of a young lesbian couple in high school dealing with a shitty small town that they live in. And I'm like, great. <laughs> now I love this song even more. Nothing is more shins than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, even knowing that or not knowing that, it's still just a great song and the chorus is really catchy. And, um, and I like choruses that have no meaning. Yeah. It's just that, that uh, round vo uh, vowel sound or whatever. I loved the shins, but I, I mean, we keep saying the, the their name over and over again, and now I'm in that weird place of like shins, shins. They named their band after <laughs> yeah. their shins, and it's just not. I mean, it's, it's odd. It is odd. I mean, there's a, 
Hebrew letter that's a shin. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, maybe it is that. I don't think maybe so. Like this music feels spin. real not Jewish. Yeah. The only thing I think <laughs> like of... Like, it, it's good, so... <laughs> um, uh, with shins is being kicked in them. Yeah, it's hard, because the association isn't... But also, it's a, it could be a last name. Oh, yeah, it could be. Oh, yeah. That's true. It's not a bad name. No better than, like... I mean, every band name is stupid. Mm-hmm. A lot of band names are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite band name? All right, putting you all on the spot. Oh, that's so I did hard. see once that there was a band name on a list of, it was like early days of the internet. It was like list of strangest or best, you know, quote unquote band names. Henry Kissinger's Left Tit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wish this is where John Ross Bowie would yes. come in very handy. Right. Because he, he <laughs> yes. would pop off 17 of them immediately. Yeah. That would be amazing. Those are the moments where you take him out of the closet and go, go, yep. John, be yep. yourself. He was, I mean, he was so good. Now that we have the internet, he's a little less useful. Yeah. But you could really use him at a party to settle a bet or he's your IMDB, basically. A lot of that stuff. If you're keeping score at home, listeners, uh, we're referring to John Ross Bowie, a previous guest. In season one, he did the Dead Kennedys. Yeah, that uh, seems that tracks. An yeah. album very similar to this one. That we're yeah, talk Wait, about you today. can see how we found each other because <laughs> yeah. you know they really blend. All right, so Deborah, what song is particularly important to you? I picked the song "The Mother" by Brandy Carlisle off of her album that came out in 2018 because Jamie, I don't know if you know, but I bet you know <laughs> that I have a kid now. You. <laughs> have a kid now? I have a kid now. I feel like I maybe saw something about that and then <laughs> got distracted by my own kids and <laughs> forgot. It doesn't matter. I'm I so... I believe it. You were probably on the email that we... We did send I out am an, sure birth, I was. And I, I know email. I respond. I respond right away to a I baby I bet you email. did. I could oh, probably find so, it. And it's... Oh, how... And, she, and it was please remove. Was, <laughs> unsubscribe, <laughs> please. If we had gotten an unsubscribe... Can you imagine? I that would have been the funniest. It. I mean, we sent it to all comedians and then and families, so... <laughs> If my sister had just responded with unsubscribe, it would have been amazing, uh, brilliant, truly amazing. The best. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. And she's um, she's gonna be so again. I don't know when this is gonna come out, but she was born last July. Um, and July, July what? July twenty first. Welcome to the end of being alone inside your mind. You're tethered to another, and you worried all the time. You always knew the melody, but you never heard it rhyme. She's um, she is truly pure joy. Oh. She is a happy, smiley, easygoing baby. And this song is a very... I kind of discovered the song right after I had her. And it is... Um, it's about Brandi Carlisle becoming a mother. She wasn't the one. Her partner carried... Uh, her wife carried their baby. Um, so I think it's about her, like, becoming a mother without having that, like, connection. Oh, sure. Of giving birth to the baby. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, but it doesn't matter. No. Isn't it amazing? Other babies are boring until you meet your baby. And I say meet in that you meet it when it comes out of you, or you meet when your partner makes it come out of them, yep. or you meet it when you adopt that baby. But yep. that baby, once you're enlisted, like, your baby, something chemical inside you just changes. Because I it's was crazy <laughs> bored with the idea of a baby until I met my baby. We, we debated... For a long, long time, because I really liked my life. My yep. husband and I like our lives a yeah. lot, and to turn it on its head by having a baby, it's. But for us, Joel, it's been worth it. Deborah and I are gonna get you a, a baby. Oh, I'm in, I'm in the middle of a magazine. What? <laughs> no, we're gonna get you. <laughs> okay, put the magazine down. Work. You know That's what? Really put it on the floor, just work. to in case yeah. the baby leaks. Song is beautiful. It's um, it's worth taking a listen, like not on the podcast if you haven't heard it, because it's it's so beautiful. It's so '60s vibey. Yeah, I love it. And it's very. Um, I spent New Year's Eve. Um, it was actually weird. We were in Tahoe with my husband's family, so I was putting our daughter to bed. Um, and just like listen to this song on repeat crying. Wonderful. <laughs> because it was because 2018 gave me my baby and yeah. it was hard to say goodbye to that year that so much happened and it's been a really good year so far with her and she's like it's crazy how 
time is going oh, yes. so fast and yeah. everyone warns you that there's nothing you can do about nope. it except try and I just try and like yep. hold on to every second which you can't do if I could save time oh guys don't jump the gun I've got a favorite song coming <laughs> on so. and I've been holding on to that one Aww. oh because we I started to say this you bullied me <laughs> and to, you didn't bully me into having a baby. Oh, Nobody could did. do that. But I want we spent an to afternoon be, do together. Where you really, really wanted me to have a baby. Oh, really? You made a hard sell. Well, why should I be alone with my babies <laughs> when there are other cool people who can have them? Um, yeah, prob- that sounds like me. Sure. We were on. Uh, it was a bajillion. I'd love properties. to say. Uh, listen, I'm really glad it worked out. And that you like your baby. <laughs> She's good. She's good. Oh, so man. thank you. Could have gone thank really you. Bad felt I would have felt bad. I did have you. It was uh, you were one of the only people that like really aggressively came at me about it, but in a in a way where I'm like, but it's Jamie. Well, and it I, wasn't. I wasn't mad. I feel that there's cool people out there who feel that their coolness will evaporate, um, and I don't think that has to be the way it is. And I think that. If you listen, we need more like smart, cool babies made by s- people like you and your husband. I mean, you were about to the, say smart and cool, and then you took it back. No, I, I don't know kidding. what I was going to say. Sexy, I think, but then I felt like, why is she calling my husband sexy? Um, but you know what I mean. We need we need nerds and cool comedy people in the gene pool, man. Yeah. It's like we can't just leave it to all those people, very religious people who are just churning them out yeah. in the abortionless states. Yeah. You know, right. not so great. Yeah. So I I. I do. I and I think when I see, I saw a look in your eye that said, eh, "We want one." Yeah. Yeah. And we do. Anyway, and we yeah. do. And yep. she's yeah, you nice. wouldn't have played that hard with somebody you could tell. Oh f- yeah. no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Joel. It's baby time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to take this opportunity to take a break. We will be right back. Hello, listeners. Thanks once again for tuning in. If you're digging this podcast, please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. Deborah and I love doing this show, and good reviews help us continue to bring fun guests and great albums to you. Special thanks to those of you who already have rated and reviewed. You know who you are, we know who you are, and we're looking forward to reading some new ones. And now, back to the program. Our guest today is an actress, writer, and comedian hailing from Swamp Scott, Massachusetts. Every time I look at that, I'm, I'm really impressed. It's crazy, but it did get a shout out. Town, The town name got a shout out in the last uh, uh, episode of Catastrophe ever. Really? Yes, because really? Rob Delaney is from Marblehead, which is next to Swamp Scott. Continue. Okay. She is the creator of the new Lifetime show American Princess, available on demand. And you've heard her voices on Ephesus for Family on Netflix and as part of the comedy duo Rona and Beverly and this new podcast. Tell me about this new podcast. Oh, Beverly. Uh, Beverly in L.A. It's, it's 10 episodes on Stitcher Premium, which is annoying because that means it's behind a paywall. Yeah. But right. might be worth your free offer code for one month, Beverly. Oh. And also, uh, hopefully it'll eventually be on the web for free but yeah it's about the character Beverly from Rana and Beverly discovering herself in Los Angeles that's my question I was going to ask if I was mispronouncing Rona oh who cares Rana and Beverly it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. everybody calls it Rona or Rana but okay. she and I'm not here to be her to correct but she would definitely you know correct you in a very funny way yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie thank you very much for joining us thank Jamie Denbo I should I mention you so your name much. I always forget that that's okay but that's because we're so engaged already that it's like everybody knows who we're talking to oh, yeah. even if they don't Dumbo, yeah Dumbo was a fun re-release for my kids this oh. <laughs> we're all Dumbos in my house doesn't matter do they have your name no, but my, no, actually, but my son has it as his middle name, so he was somehow traumatized so by this. What's your son's first name? Walter. Walter Denbo Denbo. Walter. <laughs> Walter Denbo Denbo. Walter Walter Denbo. No, it's Walter Denbo Bowie. Jamie, what particular album is very very important to you? Well, I really wanted to fulfill a certain demographic of which I belong, which is a Gen X white woman, sometimes Jewish. Um, which Jewish. I think really makes it clear that the only album of choice was Carol King's Tapestry. Yes. So good. Yes. Where were you when you first heard this? Well, so I was born in 73, so I was actually born a couple years after it came out, but my parents had a, uh, a record player, uh-huh. and they had a very small selection of albums. Uh, most of them were, there was a lot of Fleetwood Mac, that was my dad's, 
um, a couple of Stevie Wonder, and lots of Broadway. Hmm. Um, and then Carol King's Tapestry. And what's interesting is I didn't pick it up or put it on until after I had been exposed to, and I'm not sure how or where, but really Rosie, which was <gasps> yes, right. That's, that's, that's the uh, I have, we have to. It talk was about. Free to Be You and Me, yes. but not Free to Be You and Me because Free to Be You and Me was the big popular '70s kid album. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, yeah. I don't. Oh my God, where? Oh. Are you? Are you not? Maybe it was an East Coast thing. No, because I grew up here. In okay. LA. Maybe it was a mainland thing, Joel. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Joel is born in Hawaii, which is basically ridiculous. Lived there for one year of okay, my life. Okay. Well, enough to miss Free to Be You and Me. So Free uh, to I Be knew, You and Me. I know Free to Be You and Me for sure. Okay. I don't so know it was that, that 70s like progressive feminist. Uh, production by Marlo Thomas, that oh, girl. Okay. And she put it out with like Alan Alda and mm-hmm. all these great artists. At the time, it was, um, oh, God. Um, what? It's a different thing. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, another album that came out that was also a children's album was called Really Rosie, and it was Carol King, and it was a collection of little kids in this. From the Nutshell Library. It's from the Nutshell Library. So, it's like, it was uh, Maurice Sendak had a. Had a hand in creating the stories Mm -hmm. and she musicalized it and it was like basically this very obnoxious girl named Rosie who wants to put on a play with all of her friends and they do an alphabet type song and all this stuff but it's all Carol's voice it's not like Free to Be Me which has all different voices but Carol King does all the voices and I'm guessing they probably played it at school is probably it came out and they probably played it in the background of classrooms they probably because it certainly wouldn't have been on the radio I have no idea where I would have heard it I didn't own it yeah and then I think I also did like a kiddie drama club in Massachusetts and I'm sure it played while we were warming up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So whenever I first heard Carol King on the radio or at camp, that was where we heard a lot of music. Yeah. Juke camp yeah. in New England was like a big thing. It was definitely a song that comes a little bit later on this album, which was you, You've Got a Friend, yeah. right? But yeah. we all heard the James Taylor yeah. version. Yeah. yeah. And then you would it would cross, and sometimes you would hear the Carol King version. And of course, in my kid brain, I was like, "Well, she stole that yeah. from <laughs> from the other JT. guy." Yeah. yeah. So when I finally put it together, that oh, that's the I know that voice, I know that voice, and I finally listened to Tapestry. I was like, "Oh, this is like this is for moms, but I like it. Yeah. Like it is such a groovy mom album." So groovy. And in my head, I had this image of this white trilogy, of, <laughs> Trinity, rather, a Trinity, a Trinity of James Taylor, Carly Simon, and Carol King. Yes. And I would mix up Car- Carol King and Carly Simon all the time because here you had the crossover with the song with James Taylor, mm-hmm. and then you had the actual marriage with yeah. Carly Simon. Yeah. And they I were, don't think you were the only one to do that. Like, that yeah. definitely happens in yeah. my brain. Yeah. I mean, and not to mention it's all that same era. And my family used to go to Martha's Vineyard quite a yeah, lot. Yeah. So I knew that's where Carly Simon lived and James Taylor, and this was the big thing that they lived there. And, and I was like, James that's Taylor great. James Taylor and, Car- and uh, Carol King were an item a little bit too. They were never married. Right. But I'm sure yeah. it all tracks. You're just like this song, this song, so far away. I mean, it is a white lady. Sorry, I have to keep saying it because it is just the fucking whitest shit out there, which is interesting because she obviously did so much work in the Brill Building and wrote yeah. for black mm-hmm. artists and all this other stuff. But her yearning of a lady at her sink, which is her kitchen is, is light yellow. And there is looking a, out the win- a looking out the window, window, a gauzy sort yeah. of like curtain that's half yeah. covering it. And she's wistfully looking out. Yeah. And, and maybe there's a, there's a, a sailboat yeah. or and a, a definitely a cat. Are we not, discovering uh, the d- describing the album cover? Oh yeah, my god! Yes, we are. Fuck! Wow! All right, I thought I was being. She's sitting in a, like a window seat, she is. but I think we're yeah. basically 100%. describing Slightly the window. Yep. Yeah. She's got a beautiful bell-bottom jean and yeah. like a like a tan boot. She's backlit, but in a beautiful the whole... way. I'm I'm syn- I've got synesthesia. Have you talked about synesthesia on the on this no. podcast? No. Okay. Synesthesia, for those of you who don't know, is a thing where your brain associates letters and numbers with colors. Oh, it can hmm. also cross over into music and certain music can make you smell a certain smell. It's very strange. And mostly, again, super useless and yeah. trivial. But, I mean, the colors of this album are just like a... Tapestry. Um, <laughs> we should stop now. We should stop. Bye, guys. Thanks so much. This was fun. Out. This was fun. Joel, have a baby? Deb, it's been great. But they are tan, and they are... 
yellow and they are like a light orange and they are just the colors of a sunset yeah. you know um mm-hmm. her voice is so i guess i keep saying the mom thing too because her voice is so maternal yeah. it is Ugh. Because you want her to sing you lullabies to sleep. But like, her voice is also so specific. Yeah. You know, she's got like a a certain roundness or almost like there's a, a constraint in her throat that keeps it from being like a... Yes. Ah, like it's almost yeah. nasal. Mm. Well, it's also not traditional. No. It's not what we associate. And the same thing, like it's not what we associate with when we think of like the best singers in the world. No. But, it's very but unique. it's really great. <laughs> Well, and and she also, like, I didn't see Beautiful, the Broadway show, which, by the way, seems ridiculous since I love Carole King and I love Broadway. But even I was like, that's my mom liked that show too much for me to be good. Of course. Of course she did. And, like, it's like I know the story. I know she worked in the Brill Building. I know that she probably found her voice a little bit later. Like, I I get it. I know this story. But, but you should probably see it. It's ridiculous. I should should take my daughter to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, and I know all the music and I, I get it. But... I mean, that flute. Listen to that. There's a, a literal jazz flute. And that flute was so present in children's albums at that time. Yeah. It was very present in Free to Be With Me. Yeah. You know. This also swirls in with, if it, I, because I think this may be a manufactured memory, but uh, Earth, I Feel the Earth Move. Yes, mm-hmm. love that. Uh, I feel like I saw that or heard that song or experienced that song first on The Muppet Show. Ugh. Perfect. I, I may not have, but uh, no, I, I think you probably did. And and I also associate her in the early '70s with James Taylor and all that whole crew with uh, Children's Television Workshop. Yes, making yeah. well, they were very intertwined. It yeah. was like Children's Television Workshop, so being cool. that it was like finding its stride right at that time, and mm. color television. Yeah, was yeah. much more the norm. So it's all truly coming into color, literally mm. and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got these artists who are sort of probably got young children at that time. So now they're excited to do kids stuff. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the oh, overexposure. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it would track time wise. Yeah. Should we put that on? Which one? I feel the earth. Yeah. It was the first it. one. Oh, we did. Yeah. Damn. And we so can. it's just so groovy. I just love, I love the line so much of like, where you want somebody so bad, oh, yeah. you just have to have their baby. I'm not, I'm not baby obsessed. Oh. But like, uh, that's uh, such a, it's so specific to want somebody that bad. Yep. Yep. I just, I got to have you. I got to have you. I'm making eye contact baby. with Joel when I'm saying that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my calls. <laughs> Wait, can we go back and talk about Really Rosie a little bit more sure. for a second? Sure, I love it. It is like the crux of my childhood. I agree. Because and, I think theater kids also really yeah. hooked in because Rosie was a complete know-it-all. And wearing. if you see the album cover, she's got this gorgeous Maurice Sendot drawing where she's yep. wearing a dress and a sh- hat and yep. shoes that are too big for her. Yep. And you get this idea that she is a dreamer and she's got a collection of kids that she's so going to force into her dream. Yep. And it's awesome. But did you know, I didn't even know it was a mo- like a 30 minute I didn't special either. I until didn't either. last night when I was like doing what? a little research. There's like, it was like aired on CBS and whatever. I don't know what year. Never I missed did, it. I've never, never saw seen it in it, motion. I, I own the record and then I got the book yeah. Like the full really I have the like the little I love Marie Sendak yeah. so much. Um, but I've got the really rosy book and it came with a tape that I can't find that recording of again and it's still her, but it's with the kids and it's like Oh, that's interesting. It's so good, but yeah, I have I'm the sure she, she must have done a tour, some live concerts and stuff because it, it was probably yeah. a moderate hit. It's just that we were too young to be aware of what a hit yeah transformed into in the world around you and what that really looked like but it's like that's some like I there's can't. beautiful music on that it's pierre so is one of the most beautiful story songs about yeah. a little boy who learns the value of saying he cares yeah. as opposed to i don't care which was by the way what every kid grew up saying yeah. at that time. it was just like i don't care i don't care i don't care and it, it was a beautiful it was beautiful so, and I, it's because it's maurice sendok you know like you know he yeah. gets eaten by a lion so that's also <laughs> delightful I uh, legitimately considered naming my daughter Rosie. Ugh. Like it's uh, like that. That I love to me. the name Rosie. I, yeah, so good. But we didn't. So and so her, <laughs> her voice is just so insanely distinctive and comforting to me. Yeah, 
She feel it feels like a voice of some a teacher or like a someone you put yes. like you don't worry about anything because she's singing. Yeah, yeah. like Strong. she's somebody responsible. <laughs> and maybe that's could, that maternal thing. Yeah. Did you grow up with this album? Uh, I, you know, I was thinking about it. This is right up my mother's alley, and I'm sh- I I've seen that the album cover, and it was familiar to me. And but I would look through. She was a. Definitely a Judy Collins. Oh, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Similar. And she loved also um, Janis Joplin so she, and, and Joan Baez. And she, yeah. so she, this, the long I, hair. Long hair ladies. Yeah. And maybe it's just because Carol King's al- albums after this weren't as... No. Uh, like the, there wasn't no. like a whole career's worth of albums. Like, I'm, And I remember like early, early Olivia Newton-John country albums that, that they had in their collection, oh, too. Really? Yeah. That was when I began my first crush. Aww. That's a good first crush. Olivia I agree. Newton-John. And Grease really shook me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, when a bunch of 40-year-olds were doing a musical about high school children? No, yeah. it was that weird, the, the complicated turn at the end. That in outfit. The movie. Yeah, in the outfit and like, what is this Yeah, message? No, it means yeah. that sluts do better in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the messaging is not confusing. It's well. just... That's why Grease 2 is a better movie than well, Grease. Grease 2 is a fascinating mess, isn't it? It's my favorite. It's my oh, favorite. Oh, yeah. Well, because yeah. it brings you back to a very specific time and place. Yeah. But let's be clear about the filmmaking. <laughs> perfect. Shoddy. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Feminist masterpiece. It's perfect. Yeah. It is. It kind of, I mean, it's directed by a woman. I listen. Even though she denies denies that she doesn't like the Me Too movement. Repro, reproduction. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I listen, Beverly, my alter ego, really does not like the Me Too movement. Yeah. Now, oh. Jamie, Beverly doesn't speak for Jamie, but I'm concerned that she might a little. So, Jamie has complicated feelings about the Me Too movement. Beverly thinks, let's relax. You know, assault was how you knew you were pretty, which is not great. Not great. Not great. I don't agree with that. No. But no, it no. came out of You're Beverly's on the right side mouth. of that. Yeah, you're on the right yeah, side of that. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, I just started over. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Go back to go. Um, the one after it's too late. Or oh, it's too late. So where? Okay. So did you say like? Uh... My parents' basement. Okay. Putting it on, and realizing that this was like the grown-up version of Really Rosie. Really Rosie was for kids, and I was like, okay, this isn't for me, but I like it because I know the voice. Yeah. And it feels. Here, she's very direct. I mean, listen, she's not, there's no metaphor, there's not a ton of metaphor in here. It's, I yeah. feel this way. It's, it's too late. We can't work it out. Yep. You know what I mean? We sad. tried. This one's very sad. This was like, and my parents, I'm sure while I was listening to this too, my parents separated. And so this was basically like my like projection into how they must feel. Right, which is like a, a kind of maybe nice to have in yeah. that moment well, to be able cer- to associate, like, yeah. connect. I oh, you know. certainly feel like, oh, okay, somebody else understands. Right, yeah. it wasn't yeah. easy for them living together. So, how old were you? Well, at this point, I'm like 11. So, yeah, and there's this like this grown-up shame. Like an adult isn't supposed to feel like a fool. Yeah, mm. they're supposed to have all the answers. But I, knowing these songs exist and that people talk about this level of painful breakup. Now, incidentally, what's weird is that my parents actually did get back together after like two and a half years. Really? Which, yeah, which seems like a great idea, but. You know, it wasn't too co- late for them. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't ultimately too late. And then I smashed the album and never listened. To it. Um, they, which is complicated in its own right. Yeah. But I do think that her sort of very simple lyrics and this sort of sad, wistful, like almost like it is how it is kind yeah, of expression. Yeah, it's not really taking a big old side. We no. were talking about breakup songs yesterday, with, yeah. uh, where it's like, or the other day, where it's like, I I I res- relate to songs where it's like. The, the world fucked us. It wasn't necessarily oh, yeah. your fault or yeah. my fault. Or it's complicated. It's just it so is much, complicated. So many factors. And yeah. and I mean, clarinets. Yeah. There's just a. Lo- <laughs> I mean, there's. They've really. We don't get as much anymore of the of the fade outs. We don't get the um. This the jazz breaks. Jazz yeah. break. I guess it's. This is. I was thinking about this listening to this. I was like, I don't know if this album. What this album 
this album needed to come out when it did. Yes. This was so important at that time. Mm -hmm. And it just, all the right things came together for this. And I feel, again, like she's somebody that had something to say and she like, well, it's also- Had to put it out in her own voice. I agree. And I also think, you know, what she's conveying through her simplicity I mean, I guess it has been done because so much of her... I mean, even Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, which is, I mean, an insanely it's, beautiful song. Yeah. Um, which was crazy at the time. When, crazy. When they... Was it the Ronettes? I want to say the Ronettes. I could be wrong. Like, that's not heard of at that time. No. What's and that? To, to sing about... We're, gonna, sex we're and fucking, and so tomorrow, tomorrow are we still going to... feel... Yeah, and that's her husband at the time writing those lyrics she, yeah. she wrote the music oh is that true yeah, yeah they were a team for a long he time he did the lyrics oh. that blows my See, mind i should constantly. have known that from the movie from the musical Beautiful. oh yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> any, it's that's the that's officially what it is but right. i'm sure there was crossover but, but her putting that out in her own voice i mean you know the interesting thing about so many of i think those like phil spectory kind of like you know trio type awesome 60s songs is that if you're me, maybe I'm just overly supposed like you bop along to them. You don't think about the lyrics because they're yeah. easy to sing and they just like, yes. you're not really yeah. thinking, what does it really mean? When she sings it, I'm listening. Yeah. And it could be because it's slowed down. It could be because she's a singular voice and it's not a, a group. Yep. Yeah. But this song is so pretty. Oh this God. feels very Billy Joel to me. He's got mm. a song like this from Cold Spring Harbor, which was his first First, it came out this year, I yeah. think. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's actually quite similar in sensibility in that it is like, again, this is how I feel, this is what's going on, and I've got a very simple, beautiful melody with a very simple arrangement. I think there's also, there's a story with, I don't know how to describe it, but the just about her emerging as a person who's been in the background. We've talked we talked about this the other I can't remember. It was Missy Elliott Mel, yep. Melliot for sure. And who were we? Oh Kanye. Kanye. It's like he's been trying to tell people, no, I can do this. I'm not just yep. a songwriter. Yep. I, I can actually perform. Yep. And this album coming out was such a you you automatically were on her side. Yes. And also like James Taylor was reportedly the one saying you could, you definitely can do this and you have to use your own voice and you got lyrics and so that's I always love that fact that she's yeah. now writing lyrics. And that's for why the yeah. Broadway musical I think is such a success. Is it's a story again? Yeah. It's one of those stories of like I'm going to come out of the background and do my own thing. Yeah. It's pretty um, amazing. And and she does it her own way. I yeah. mean, that's what's really interesting is she's not covering her music. She's giving you yeah. almost just the, the true soul of yeah. it. It gives it weight that it didn't have before. I yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, also, like, again, like, and I go through this a lot. Like, I find that, like, Goldie Hawn, Madeline Kahn, like, Jewish women of that 70s hot peak peak hotness and 80s for me I often related to as a kid because to me they I saw them as my ticket out of my weird little swamp Scott you know what I mean I thought well yeah. that's the similar that's the best role model I've got yeah. these are women in the entertainment industry who are at the top of their game and Carol King was a vo the voice of that we have to add Olivia Newton Jewish okay all right I don't know that we do and I definitely <laughs> what was her name again <laughs> Was no. she Olivia Newton Jewish? No. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was going to be like, that changes everything. <laughs> this sounds like really rosy. Yeah. Mm. I mean, this yes, is yes. very much a similar. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it truly sounds like. It's, it has the kid kitty element to yeah. it. Yeah. Waiting at the station with a workday window blowing. And it's also, it's a, listen, this is a song about knowing your worth, hmm. which I, I read a book called Girls Like Us that was like the biography of her, Carly Simon, and Joni Mitchell. Oh, sure. Um, I read it a while ago, and so I don't remember anything. But, like, she just grew I mean, this is not, she was not exceptional in the way that we think of that. She wasn't like this... 
shining star. She wasn't traditionally beautiful. She wasn't no. all those things and hated her hair and her nose she's also and all the, those things. And yeah, of course. And she's also the soundtrack to every Judy Bloom book. That's yes. the other thing. Is yes. like you were kind of like <laughs> I always said that like there were Judy Bloomers and there were what was the other one? There was the another uh, it was Beverly Cleary. Cleary. Well, Beverly Cleary fit into the Judy Bloom world, gotcha. so like okay, you probably read there. both, but it was like Oh. I want to say it was like the girls who read Anna Green Gables and the girls who read Are There God It's Me Margaret. Oh. Oh, there yeah. wasn't a ton of crossover, or I think yeah. that's what it was. I, so, like, you were Judy oh, Bloomer. a full Judy Me Bloom. Too. I never read Anna Green Gables. Me neither. And there are women who will attack us for that. Or Little Women. I tried to read Little Women recently. Again, and I was like, this these is are the, those are wasp novels. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Like, and yeah. I do think that like the Judy Bloom characters, there's always like a little Jewish, and it's like Carol King. This she should be scoring playing while you're reading those books yes. <laughs> they're just again another like there's another Jewish woman who's at the hot peak hotness in the 70s and who is also like for me I mean I taught it's so funny it's like for someone who's such a self-hating Jew and very non-religious like culturally the impact cannot be overlooked everything I produce and do and write and put out there has a strong Jewish flavor what's well, who you are it is and I can't avoid it yeah. and I've in therapy I have to I've decided I've tried to excise it yeah. completely it will not go even that is Jewish <laughs> yes it is sure in therapy yep in psychoanalysis I try to make my Jewish parts come off of me but they won't they won't just stay attached to my lunch press so yeah it's um but I mean again like there it does I find this like comfort food yeah. in yeah. this music I find like I should be eating Hilariously, Chicken Soup with Rice, yes. which is another song in the Sounds Really Rosy good. collection. Yep. She's eating Chicken Soup with Rice, reading a Judy Bloom Where, novel. Like an, with an Afghan over Watching Private Benjamin. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> while Madeline Kahn does like some shimmying on the, um. with Miss Piggy in the background. Like that's my happy place. Husband and the kids take the day off. <laughs> Just Apparently the only alone. happy moments of my childhood are all surrounded by Jewish pop culture. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, this like... This album, like, I don't even know how it ended up in my music library. Like, I have no conscious memory of it's just there. It's just yeah. always it's, been it's there. It's a standard album. It's in my record collection. Again, I think that I stole from my parents, but, like, it's just always been there. I have no memory of getting this album. Well, it's also something that I think parents in the 70s, if they were thinking about this at all, which usually they weren't, but it's like it's great background to a party for lots of people. Mm -hmm. Like you can you can always rely on like oh put that throw that on we'll have dinner to that music yeah. and a glass of Chablis. <laughs> I think Very both big. this album and Blue should be Ugh. in every dorm. Yes, like just issued. Yeah, both genders. Yeah. Doesn't matter what gender, you have to listen to both of these albums because they fit perfectly in dorm room. Like open Ugh. the window and yeah. That's where I'm Is this, um, did you share this, the love of this album with people or is this a personal? What's great is I feel, a personal, I think, for sure. Like, I, you know, what? we were outside a lot back in those days. A lot of bike riding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, and I knew, like, John Ross Bowie, who is sort of my musical guide, and also just one of those guys who knows a ton and always loved it and was much more um, connected to current musicians. But like, I think him seeing that CD in my CD, CD rack when we were back, like him knowing and feeling confident, like, oh, she knows what she's doing. She's got the good old standards. Like she's got that. He actually said that when he looked at my CDs, when he saw I had both Green Day and Sweeney Todd, he was like, oh, she's interesting. Because <laughs> I had very few. Yeah. Um, I probably only had like maybe 40, 50 CDs yeah. that had traveled with me all over the place in my 20s or whatever. And he said when he saw those two, he was like, okay, we're cool. We're cool. So you were a, you were a, a young girl when this album, you yeah. experienced this album. Was there a moment, it's funny, like I'm, I'm sort of the same way where I liked a lot of adult stuff. 
Yeah. When I was young, is there a point where the album changed for you, or you really you go like, oh, now I get it, or or? No, but I would say there was an, a period where I retired it and then came back to it, mm. just because it was such a staple. Yeah. And it made so much sense to me, along with <laughs> the other. Gen X white lady albums of Neil Diamond yes. and Billy Joel and uh, Carly Simon and Paul Williams's everything's all the any of the stuff he had, like yeah. his Muppet Show yeah. stuff. We get away from it mm-hmm. because you're in college and you're experiencing new things and you're doing a lot of pretending to like things that you don't like just to fit in. There was a real ska period. (laughs) I saw the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones live and I was like, they are fun, I think. (laughs) Um, And then me pretending that it was an amazing show at the Paradise. (laughs) And uh, there was a lot of, you know, like, I like hip hop just like you guys. A lot of that. And I did. I did like a lot of it, but I liked the popular song from every... I'm a real basic bitch. I'm just going to say it when it comes to a lot of music. And, like, you know, certain things, it was like, well, this is not cool to listen to anymore. Mm. And and then I came back to it. I mean, I think the truth is, is that when I graduated school, I wound up working... (laughs) <laughs> on the Renaissance Festival circuit, which will really change up your musical exposure. <laughs> when you're down and troubled and you I mean, this song is... I mean, it's hard for me to listen to the song because it is. Too, it reminds me of Jewish yeah. summer camp. It reminds and the me thing of... About, it's like so... For me, summer much. camp was really the happiest time of my childhood yeah. because my parents were complicated and I was a very lonely kid. And this song was... And of course, I'm I'm sick of it now. I was sick of it then. <laughs> but like, it really remains just a beautifully sweet, loving yeah. song that we meant with every... Molecule yes. when you sang to your camp yes. boyfriend the last night, or their friends, or oh, your best friends. Be nice to have a camp boyfriend. Well, I, had, I was a little bit of a slut. No, um, or whoever it was. You know, I just it was that counselor that was became like your big sibling. Yeah. Did you go to camp? Yeah, a couple couple summers. It was a Christian camp, oh, and uh, it's not the same. No, it is not. Learn to shoot. Did you? Mm-hmm. Heroin? <laughs> a twenty-two rifle. Oh, boy. That's so different. Yeah. Jewish game. It's so different. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't have guns. Canoe, uh, archery, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and then there was, like, church twice a day. And, oh, um, sounds awful. Hot. Okay. Uh, Texas heat. We're done. Yeah. We're done. I bet you had a blast, though. I if, did. I was if you were at Jew like... camp, it would have been a finger blast. <laughs> only well i was about to say like all i was focused on is like i like her yeah and i bet you had a bunch of girlfriends i was kind of a lonely kid um but in in the all the big fear was scorpions that's all that's the other thing oh, it was like yeah. scorpions. i like her and i don't want to be stung by a scorpion <laughs> that's fair <laughs> that Those was not a problem fair. in doing like <laughs> yeah. no yeah yeah well, wow. i said that as if i went to camp in new england i agreed with you but i didn't where Where'd did you, you go? go to camp uh camp has kramer Oh, in that's Malibu. Cool, I don't know why I pointed to you, but I'm sending my children to Chess Has Kramer. I've sent them before. I'm oh. I remember it's having a this conversation vibe. with you, and it very it was a very like. Jamie and I have so much in common. You got we a do. We a do. And th- I think Jewish summer camp is a great way to connect with your cultural identity, um, and if you choose your religious identity. But I, I mean, I wish. I mean, I I wish that camp was something like you guys described. You should. Because yours was scorpions. Yours was guns and scorpions. The first night. (laughs) And ours was makeouts and people that liked each other. Again, not makeouts for me. Very different in that way. Well, that that also would not happen in this camp, even with the more wilder bunch of make of 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 of, you know of people. It was just very Christian, and that's not the can't do that. Yeah, it's a bummer. It was the worst place for me to go because I was already feeling like weird shame stuff and then it just adds to it. Yeah. I needed a friend. Yeah, you really needed this song. But do you didn't sing this song at camp? 
No, it would all be Christian really? songs. But I, this that's is a where, Christian song. There's a Christian message. You're right. It's Jesus saying you've got a friend while he's well, on the cross, he's right? Not, that's not what I um, Like your fellow happy man Easter. kind of thing. Happy Easter. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, oh, that's where I learned, like, the... the the some of the counselors played guitar in the edge church service and that's where i was like i want to play guitar awesome. i will play guitar and so that's where that oh, really that's nice yeah it did get that out of it and my yeah. dad played guitar and we always had a guitar but i was like that's cool because i'm seeing not my dad do it yeah. right Aww, now. that's very cool have you and there were scorpions all over those guitars <laughs> just going in and you out of the did frets. get butt bit <laughs> bit stung stung you no. did no, metaphorically, I suppose. Oh, I don't know. The first night I was there, it was in a cabin, and there was it was like sort of a screen um, that would it that was the wall. And at night, I woke up once and I saw this little shadow on the screen, and I stared at it for the rest of the night. Yeah. And it wasn't a scorpion; it was just a leaf or something. But I was like, I was convinced that's a scorpion waiting for me to fall asleep. That is the devil. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah. I got very made fun of from <laughs> by my husband recently, where because I'm very phobic of cockroaches. I don't and, blame you. Um, uh, I call them maniac bugs. I don't know what they're actually called. They're those beautiful. They're beautiful beetles that fly, but they're oh, they're insane. June bugs. June bugs. Yeah. No, those. Are, I don't think those are June bugs. Oh, I used well, to think they were some, June bugs. There are some awful things but out here. I told, <laughs> just uh, in the middle uh, out of nowhere. I was like. We have enough money. I want to get hypnosis to, for my bug phobia. I said, apropos of nothing, and it, uh, I, th I think that will come back to bite me. Because I think you should. I would like to. Why when not? Have, when we have enough, once we've uh, paid. I was going to say, when you have enough <laughs> and our expendable dogs. income, you know what? It can make your life better. But I'd like to not, because I would do the same thing. I would stay up all night. I, if there's like, uh, in my Herald audition. Um, the year I got on a Herald team, there was a cockroach in the Meta Theater during my audition, and mm. I almost threw up. And it was mm. horrible. That and cockroach I, was escorting you to your uh, achievement of being on a Herald team. It was I your made it. talisman. The cockroach is filing a lawsuit against discrimination. <laughs> Where you lead. Oh, the, here we go. And then there's the Gilmore Girls theme. Do you watch... I watched a bunch of it with yeah. my daughter. Yeah, I didn't watch it when when it was out, um, but my daughter really was into it, and so I watched a lot of it with her. Yeah. It's the first couple seasons are fantastic. I connect this song obviously very much with Gilmore oh, Girls. Yeah. Also. And then the fact that Carol, Carol King wound up like doing a, an, a little very arc on cool. it. It's so cool. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. She plays, she opens a music store. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, like, very what cool. an idealistic. There's a lot of comfort in that show. Yeah. It's also a bit. I think that's all it is. Oh, that's all. Yeah. I don't know if it's more. No, I don't think it is. You're absolutely right. But I do. I love. I do love it. It was sweet to watch my daughter enjoy it. And so right after that, I show. Who's the girl? Uh, Am not Rory. Who played Rory? Alexis Bledel. Thank you. Alexis Bledel. So then immediately I showed Nola uh, Alexis Bledel in The Handmaid's Tale so she could see what really happens after you have an idealistic career. It's a metaphor for life and being a woman. That that's, just... that's the takeaway for yep. Handmaid's Tale. Yep, that's what you learn from Gilmore Girls is that it turns into The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> if you believe.
feel like because of Carol King, I started to understand that people write for other people and that some people mm. don't write at all. Like, it was the same feeling. The big revelation for me, I think, was Neil Diamond writing uh, the I'm a Believer. Monkeys, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but it's the same concept. It's like the fact that she... Uh, this is, it makes me want to cry. It's so beautiful. It's like, I, as a parent, and I think you'll find this too, Deborah... Joel, magazine time. Um, Highlights. Is that um, you wind up, because you have, we have gone through so much interesting context in terms of the way music is presented and when and how as being current or an oldie or whatever and having to figure a lot of this out. It's an interesting thing when your kids kind of grow up watching stuff on the internet and not really understanding what's new and what's old. And it becomes a, a more of a discussion. Like, it wasn't discussed in my house. When I realized that Davy Jones, that I was watching old things, I, my heart broke. I, was, mm. I had such a crush oh, on Davy wow. Jones. I was like, I love him. He's my crush. And then by the time I saw the Brady Bunch episode, I was like, he looks a little bit older. And then when I realized he was <laughs> well into his 40s, and I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, so it was so very confusing. And so even this, like, this music brings back that time that feeling of like this timelessness. I didn't understand that there was, she had written the other version of this. I didn't understand that Natural Woman wasn't a song that was a standard that was shared by many people. Yeah, Like it it, it all didn't make sense, but it didn't matter. Well, you have to take that extra step to know that. And when you're a kid, you don't take those steps. No. And it's okay. Because it is those interesting moments when you do realize that. I'm trying to think, I know I've had those moments where I was like, where I still honor like the cover. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, probably a yeah. lot of Bob Dylan songs. Well, yeah. I, I knew the covers of them first and love them more than the actual Bob Dylan songs. They came at you at a different time in a different way. And, you know, we also, I think, as humans, have this thing that I definitely went to specifically with music, which is like you hate looking stupid. Yes. And, you know, I was not a good musical historian. So it's funny, John was one of the first guys I dated who didn't make me feel like an idiot because of that, even though he's such a music guy. He loves music. He loves the history. He loves the context. He, he loves, knows. And yeah. he knows it. Yeah. And it's been a passion of his, but I think he was mature enough and smart enough by the time we got together that he probably knew I would not sleep with him if he made me feel like a fucking idiot. So good on him for yeah. realizing. But, you That's know, just but Darwinism th- right there. Darwinism? <laughs> Yes, Darwinism. Darwinism. Darwinie the Poohism. Darwinie the Jewism. So, but he made me. He made me um, a little less afraid of feeling as foolish, because there, there's such a long period of time where I feel like, especially dudes, you know, if you had said like, "Oh, I love Natural Woman" um, by Aretha, right? It's yeah. a bad example, Actually. but they would have been like, exactly, a lot of mansplaining. Um, but it's hard. It was hard, you know, especially before the internet was like something you could clarify. Oh, for sure. Oh, Shut this up. song the most is most important song is playing. Not. Right now. <laughs> this is a real goofy one. It's oddly feminist. Yeah. Smackwater Jack. Smackwater Jack. Her biggest hit of all. He just let it is it hers or did she somebody else write this I'm not sure Goffin may have written this one he couldn't take no more abuse so he shot down the congregation that's not great no it's mass <laughs> shootings before they were in on vogue that would not happen in my Christian camp see <laughs> this, I, with the um, you'll Anybody She's, that listens to this podcast regularly will see how much I hedge when I say facts because I still do that. I'm not. I'm not worried about like. <laughs> yeah. I always do like. I think it's this. Like I'll always and I don't love that I do that, but it is. It's but it's our human instinct. Like we, yeah. it's why we don't. We all have it. You were right. It is a Gotham King song. I think you so said that. Fun. But I said I, had, like, I think it's Gotham. Well. It's it's kind of all about like being like you better be careful when a man's got his gun. Yeah, and Mm. it's like what? This is (laughs) (laughs) probably yeah. I mean, to know this. Oh, 
not super silly. And no, yeah, and this is also like silly, I mean the, but... the break feels real like band in a in a bar yeah. mm-hmm. off the highway. Yeah. It is weird because especially if you're like you put this record on, you're not gonna like skip around. It is it breaks up the album a lot. I guess it does, yeah. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> what so like have you presented this album to your children or how do you introduce music children have a seat Uh, it's it's you know it's 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 weird i've thought a lot about this and we actually should buy a uh turntable um and you know we do all here it's los angeles a lot of music in the car lots Mm. of road trips lots of music in the car um and i've i skip around i don't do full albums because that's not necessarily how they consume music, so they don't necessarily have the patience, which is heartbreaking yeah. and sad. Just imagining John playing the Dead Kennedys for them. They love it. Do they? Oh, yeah. They love John Daddy's music. They love yeah. the Ramones. Okay, cool. They love well, yeah. like they. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, you've got to force them. Yeah. I mean, here's what you do. Well, that's what we're is doing. You is... put it on, and also another bit of parental advice: Please. keep the screens out of the car. Yeah. Unless it is a really long trip, like four to five hours, you don't need the screens in the car because yeah. screens are going to shorten their attention span no matter what. You can't avoid them forever. Try to, but you can't. But in the car, if they get used to, I'm in the car and I'm looking out the window, but I'm hearing something, I think it gives them a greater appreciation. Yeah. So listen, they get turns with the, with the controls on yeah. the music. But they're kids, so they like a lot of pop. You know, they listen to a lot of pop because I'm like, where are they even hearing this? Yeah. In schools, what they'll do during like art periods and stuff like that is they'll put on like whatever the pop station yeah. is and stuff like mm. that. And kids like it. Yeah. You know? Wait. Oh. My life has been a tapestry of rich and royal youth. Also, this is interesting because she's not. How old is she at this point? Not that old. No. no but in, se- in the 70s. <laughs> but in the 70s, you're, everyone's in their 50s. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so this kind of like, I'm looking back on my legacy and my mm. life is yeah. an interesting. Amid the soft silver sadness in the sky. There came a man of fortune, a drifter passing by. He wore a torn and tattered cloth around his leathered hide, and a coat of many colors, yellow green on either side. It is a weird. It's beautiful, but it's, it's like a fable. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It's fit. it's it's weird. It's it's oddly like it's not just one metaphor. It's multiple metaphors. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, she's been so direct. Yeah. She trained us to say it's too late. We tried. Yeah. It's yeah. over now. Yeah. And, and now she's and talking now about there's... the coat of many colors. Yeah. And... yeah. Were you into Laura Nero at all? Mm-mm. Do you know her? Uh-uh, I don't think so. I think there's. Do you mean no... Sheena Easton? Because I was definitely into her. You didn't. You pronounce Indigo Girls weird. <laughs> there, I don't think there's Carol King without Laura Nero, who was before, the, slightly before this. Uh, Singer songwriter. She wrote the the Marry Me Bill or whatever that's. Oh yeah. Song. Um, yeah. Which is not the most feminist. Well, I don't know what it is. No, well, there that. aren't a ton. I mean, that's the thing is most female ballads felt different before Carol, or at least before in in terms of this album. Yeah. You know, they're about you broke my heart and now I'm sad. Yeah. Whereas this is about like yeah. more of like I'm gonna. It's a bummer, but I'm gonna move forward. Yeah. He's come to take me back. He's come to take me back. Shall we? 
Bring it home. Bring her home, baby. Looking out. There she goes. God damn. And this is, it's incredible what this song versus Aretha's version are two totally different songs. Unbelievable. Mm. It's so cool. When Aretha sings it, it's like about, it's about like fucking engulfing someone with your whole body. Like, I'm going to fucking ride you because I feel good. (laughs) And her, this version feels like I'm going to have a baby naturally with you by my side. Because like you, she's like leaning and like looking at somebody. And, and we're going to lock Aretha's, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to rub my belly. <laughs> like, it's gentler. It's just gentler. Yeah. It is this whole album. It's just so cool to think about like her sitting at a piano and that was enough. And that's that to me is, speaks... And for how this album was like the best selling album of all time when it came out, and it's still like the best female selling album of all time. Some there, it, it broke records and records and records, and it's mm. just her and a piano. That's it, and her and a golden shaft of sunlight coming through <laughs> a cat. <laughs> and one cat, okay. yeah. Unfortunately, right at the camera. <laughs> think about it like it you know you, it is obviously an old beautiful restored victorian home which <laughs> is funny because also that is sort of the gilmore girls girl sensibility yes. like she really is completely well matched in that retro perfect little new england town yeah. that is what i first related to and it did feel like she was the music of where i was exactly as opposed to music that led me to think about teach me about other worlds yeah it was like oh this feels right for where i am right now it all fit do you remember how 11 year old you interpreted this song or like how it made you yeah every time she said natural i did i thought like i kept thinking natural birth yeah Mm. and i do think like i mean i made a joke about but it's like yeah i kept thinking like oh that's icky yeah like Like hairy armpits and yeah yeah yes hairy armpits big bush yeah you know what I mean? Like, yes. you don't know where head hair. I mean, ends I knew it was beautiful. Begins. We never do that. We never. Do. And we I kept thinking, oh, she's slowing it down to me. Yeah. Like, but it it didn't bother me. I I liked it. I love yeah. her voice. Her voice made me feel comfortable. Yeah. Aretha has just sex. Sets a sexy Ugh. song. Exactly. He's right, though. But this yeah. one feels more like I don't have to pretend there's an I'm innocence. somebody else. Yeah, anymore. there's an innocence I, to Carol King. I don't know if, again, it might be the really rosy associate. It's a lot of it, but like I didn't feel this wasn't a. What appealed to me was not sexual. It yeah. wasn't like something in my deep, like. No, this Don't sexual. get me wrong. I'd, I'd lay down with Carol King. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, I'd lay down with. Carol I'd make her King. feel natureler. Oh, there than it is. Anybody else? All right, there we go. <laughs> it is funny though that definitely like my natural woman thing. Like, I find I think this song is so much more sexy for it Carol is. than yeah. natural oh, yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, Smackwater Jack is just and fucking... And then there's always Smackwater. We'll always have Smackwater. Which, by the way, who hasn't had sex? Great band Smackwater name, Jack. Smackwater Jack. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It feels like it. That is just like her going like, fuck it, let's just... Let's we just need another this. song, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's get into what did I learn today. Uh, I learned about, I guess, or relearned, there's something about Rosie that's familiar to me. Definitely free, free to be you and me, I remember. But the whole Rosie thing, I'm going to have to investigate. Yeah. It's worth it. I must have... Uh, uh, yeah. It's I mean, pretty great. I can't wait to introduce that to my kid. I had a brother and my dad, so my mother was the only woman in the house, so I wonder if that's potentially why it didn't make its way in there. Not that she would be censoring that. It's also very specific. It's like a, it's very, I don't know if it was as popular as, as regular 
stuff. I don't know like how Sesame I found Street, it, yeah. and I don't. I think my mom probably got it for me, but I don't like. And I don't probably either. Marie Sendak, all all of that stuff together. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, like. I was surprised. Not that you knew about it, but like it will surprise me when people know about it. Gotcha. It's not. It's not this. So I'm cool. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Also, I, I do think I it's more of a might be more of a girl. Mm. Uh, an album for girls. Yeah. I mean, some female centric. I wouldn't say that now. No, but I think, but I think before the gender split in children's entertainment was very clear. Hmm. It just was. She's just a cool, cool girl. Mm -hmm. Like it. Well, I know what I learned. Can I go? Yeah. I learned that scorpions are a real fucking problem in Texas. <laughs> and that was not, would never, if you say, I went to Christian camp in Texas, from now on, if someone says something, I'd be like, dude, how about the scorpions? <laughs> Weren't they That's freaky? Good. Like, it never would have occurred yeah. to me that that was a thing. <clears throat> Otherwise, you wouldn't know how to contribute to that conversation. No, I would not. <laughs> uh, I learned you were a real makeout queen. I feel like I really exaggerated that, and that's going to get out there, and then it's going to be a whole lot of fact-checking. People are going to know. I feel like like, all my friends are going to be like, who are you talking about? (laughs) And I'll be there, yes I will. Now ain't it good to know that... Um, I had heard about this before, but you connected it fully for me. The um, the colors thing, synesthesia. Synesthesia. Yes, if you look I it up, more about the... that in depth, and that's so cool that that's how you see and feel music. Sometimes, yeah, they call it a cross wiring of the senses. I honestly don't know if it's that scientific or if it's just an association that you have. You just call out my. Jamie Denbo is an actress, writer, and comedian hailing from Swampscott, Massachusetts. She's the creator of the new Lifetime show American Princess, available on demand. And you've heard her voices on F is for Family on Netflix, and as, of course, part of the comedy duo Rana and Beverly. And the new podcast, I'm sorry, is called... Beverly in L.A. Beverly in L.A. You can find her on Twitter. Find her on Twitter. And, and fight Inst- me. Fight me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very simple. At Jamie Denbo. J-A-M-I-E-D-E-N-B-O. Both the same on Twitter Twitter and Instagram. Jamie, thank you so thank much for joining you. us. Twitter is coming. <laughs> Twitter is coming. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this particular album is very, very important to me. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at this particular album. Follow us on Twitter at particular album. The show is produced by me, Deborah Tarika, Ryan Middledorf, and everyone at Campfire Media. Artwork by James Mulholland. Music by me, Joel Spence. See you next time. Campfire.